Uh, I'm returning to my series this evening on work-related problems. Seeing we don't know how long lockdown is going to continue, I thought just get back to my morning and evening sermon series. So this evening then, work-related problems, and we're going to look at unemployment. And I don't have a specific text. We're going to look at various texts in Scripture and see what the Bible says about this problem and how we address it biblically. Let's just pause for a word of prayer, and then we'll hear the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you once again for this strange way of the gathering of your saints. We can't gather in one building, and yet you've given us many privileges. You've given us grace. You've given us much mercy to have technology so we can hear the word of God, read the word of God, share it with other people. And thank you for a time like this. Lord, it reminds me of how in the first century everything was ready for the birth of Christ. Highways were built, roads were built, one Roman Empire, one language, so the gospel could spread very easily. And the same now, during this lockdown, we have all these privileges for the word of God to spread quickly and easily. And we pray, Lord, that you would please make it penetrate our hearts, penetrate the darkness, let your light shine, and may the gospel run swiftly to reach many people for your glory. Amen. So, South Africa, the unemployment figures and numbers in South Africa statistics, we're in the top 20 in the world. So, 29% unemployment, that's roughly 17 million people out of a population of 58 million. And to tell the truth, actually, the numbers are higher than that because the, the statistics do not include people who haven't been seeking or looking for work in the last four weeks. Because of our economy that has taken a nosedive, and that through the coronavirus, well, you can expect those numbers are going to skyrocket. And we already, we're already seeing the effect of this on, in our own congregation. So it's a very serious matter for us. How, would, how do we deal with this? How should we deal with this? Because it touches us directly. Now, to answer the question, there's not really one answer to the question. There's more than one answer. It all depends on why are you unemployed. So first, we're going to look at invalid reasons. And then second, we'll have a look at valid reasons. So invalid reasons, one invalid reason is why people are unemployed is they've got an unbiblical view of work. Martin Holt was a preacher, a famous Baptist preacher in South Africa. And before his conversion, he said he was a very lazy man. He thought that work is a necessary evil. And many people think that way. They think, they think work is a result of the fall. It's a, it's a result of a fallen world of Genesis 3, but they're wrong. Because even before the fall of man, God commanded Adam to work. Genesis 1 verse 28. Told him, God told him to subdue the earth. In Genesis 2 verse 15, the Lord put him in the garden to work it and to keep it. The only thing that the fall of man caused was to make work harder. So now there are thorns and thistles and now you have to work by the sweat of your brow and it makes things really harder. 
But we can say biblically it's God's will for Christians that we should work hard. We often quote the fourth commandment that says you must rest on the Sabbath day. But what about, what about the first part that says six days you shall work? That was God's command to Israel. What about Psalm 104 verse 23 that says, God says that man goes out early in the morning and then he returns at evening after a day of work. Jesus worked very hard. Jesus was always busy. Uh, he was never in a hurry because he trusted his father, but he was never lazy. He was never idle, always busy. He did the work that the Father gave him to do. John 4 verse 34, Jesus said, My will is to do, or my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Jesus said, Father, I have accomplished the work you sent me to do. And then like his master, Jesus, like his master Paul, Paul was also a hard worker. Paul worked day and night. He labored. And he worked hard and set an example for the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 7 and 8. And that will be true of every devoted Christian, every devoted follower of Christ, every Christian in history who's really committed to Christ will work hard. Take Martin Luther, for example. Martin Luther preached and he wrote books and he lectured at a university and he catechized and he spent time with his family and he translated the Bible into German and he wrote hymns and he had debates with the Roman Catholic priests and with their bishops and so on. And in the same way, we as Christians, like all these others, we must work hard. Paul said, I set you an example to follow how we should work hard. And we should do the same. And, and we should work to honor God. Paul says we shouldn't work as people pleasers. We should work as people who want to honor God. Out of the fear of God, we should work. We should work as if for the Lord and not for men. And then even look forward to, uh, to heaven and even look forward to a new earth where we will work. Just like Adam worked in the Garden of Eden, we will work. Our work will be to serve God. Uh, Revelation 7.15 and 22 verse 3. We will serve Him. So don't regard and don't consider and don't view work as a necessary evil. God created work so that we can experience fulfillment. You find fulfillment and a sense of satisfaction when you prepare a meal or build a house or paint a house or design a car or build or make, make furniture or you build a bridge or you do a painting or prepare a sermon or you sort out your house or clean your house or sort out the office or do administration or an assignment for school or you plant wheat or olive trees, or whatever. There's a sense of fulfillment. And then we also need to work so that you can have a healthy body and a healthy mind. I'll just give you one example. A guy who really works hard, he's tired at night and he sleeps well, says uh, Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 5, verse 12, I know the Afrikaans is verse 11, let me just find that. Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, I think it's verse 12, says, Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. So if you've worked hard, you sleep well, in general. But the one who doesn't work hard, he's dissatisfied, he feels discontent, he's anxious, he's bitter, he's angry, and then his muscles tense up, and his muscles, there's no, there's no way to just 
get rid of the energy because he's not working and he's not working hard and then he just feels more frustrated and he goes to bed at night and when he gets up in the morning he feels dead tired and dog tired. feels dog tired and his body doesn't relax. So what I'm trying to tell you is hard work is therapeutic. It's therapeutic, not only for the body but also for the spirit. Hard work helps you not to feel discouraged and depressed and it keeps you from evil, it keeps you from sin. Um, in 2 Thessalonians 3, Paul says of people who don't work, they become busybodies. They go around to people's houses gossiping and, and they get, into, get involved in all kinds of sins because they're not busy. And if you're not busy, the devil will find you something to do. Basil of Caesarea, an early church father, he said that if you keep your mind busy with work, then you don't have time to fill your mind with evil things and with sin. And then also, uh, to work hard, it just gives you a sense of, what shall I call it? Um, dignity. Human dignity. You feel good when you go to bed at night and you've worked a hard day's work and you put your head on the pillow, you lay yourself down to rest and you feel, ah, I really worked hard today, that feels good. And that goes whether you work for eight hours in an office and you get paid for it, or whether you don't get paid and you work in your garden. Just working hard. And then hard work is also necessary so that you can take care of your family. Because if you don't, you're worse than an unbeliever. Now, I'm not talking about people who've got valid reasons for the, why they don't have a job and they're really trying. I'm talking about people who don't want to work because they've got a wrong view of work. But, but God has given us work so we can take care of our families and so that we can help others. In Ephesians 4.28, the Apostle Paul says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And then also hard work helps the economy. If everyone works hard, that will help the economy. Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says, Seek, uh, you should seek the, what's the correct word I'm looking for in English? The welfare. Seek the welfare of the city where you are placed, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. It's almost like a farmer. If the farmer really takes care of his sheep, they can provide him with wool and meat. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 23 and 227. And that's the same with, with you and I. If we work hard, it helps the economy. Then the economy will help us also. So I hope you can see that, that if you have a biblical view of work, then it encourages hard work. But if you have an unbiblical work ethic, well, it encourages laziness. It encourages sloth. And then eventually it leads to unemployment. And then another valid re or an invalid reason for an unemployment is if you have an unspiritual <coughs> view of work. What do I mean? A baker once came to Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a very frustrated guy because he loved his job, but he was also involved in his church, and he had a very good singing voice. And he would sing now and then items in his church, uh, and solos, maybe at conferences and so on, Christian conferences. And one day he was at an evangelistic meeting, and the evangelist heard him sing and said, wow, this is wonderful. And after two days of this, the evangelist went up to him and said, you know, I don't know if you have ever considered, but have you thought of perhaps you should be in the ministry, you should be a pastor. 
And this guy was very troubled. He thought, no, this is not right. And the evangelist encouraged him and said, we've got a theological college. You can, you can apply for studies. And he did. And he felt frustrated because he just couldn't manage the studies. And then he ended up at Martin Lloyd-Jones on a Sunday evening and said, I need to talk to you. And he was very anxious. And he said, this is what happened. And Lloyd-Jones, after a bit of questioning, said, no, you shouldn't be in the ministry. You shouldn't. Go back to your old job. Be a baker. And honor the Lord there and use your gifts to sing in the church. And the man did it and he was filled with peace and he went away joyful, rejoicing, for the Lord had helped him. What I'm trying to tell you is don't think that secular work is unspiritual. Don't, don't think you need to resign your job and become a pastor or a missionary. You should only become a pastor or a missionary if the Lord calls you and you cannot do anything else. Like Jeremiah 20 where Jeremiah said, it's like fire in my bones, I want to stop preaching, but I can't. Then you should become a minister, or a pastor, or a missionary. But you should be on your guard, and should be careful of this false dichotomy, this false idea where you think, oh, like in the Middle Ages, there's the priestly class, and then there's the, just the common people. And priestly class is higher. No, that's unbiblical. According to the New Testament, every Christian is a priest. Every Christian, to do your job, is part of worship. To do your job is part of your service to the Lord. Romans 12 verse 1. Give your whole body, your whole life as a sacrifice to the Lord. This is your spiritual worship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul writes about this in, in verse 17. 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. Paul says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Verse 20. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a slave when called? Don't be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a slave is a freedman in the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a slave. You... Uh, a slave of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him there remain with God. Were you an engineer? Were you a doctor? Were you a teacher? Were you a dentist? Were you a an, an, uh, lady working in an office? Wherever you were a student, continue your work with God. Don't resign and become a missionary or a pastor. 1 Corinthians 10 says, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That includes your job. And then also, you need to do your job so that Jesus can shine his light in the world. Jesus told us to, shine, to do our good works before, do, do good works and shine your light before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How, how are we going to reach the world if everyone's a missionary? How are you going to reach the world if everyone's a pastor? We need Christian doctors, Christian engineers, Christian teachers, students, gardeners, Christian tea ladies, Christian mechanics, Christian lawyers, Christian accountants, Christian businessmen, Christian restaurant owners, Christian waiters, and so on. We need to reach the world in this way. And we need to testify and we need to share the gospel. We need to speak the gospel to people. But we also need to bear witness through the quality of our work and our character at work. Like Titus 2 says, that we should adorn the, the doctrine of God, adorn the gospel, make the gospel look beautiful by your excellent work and by your character at work. And if you work in this way, people are going to start asking questions. 
Why do you do your work this way? Why is your attitude this way? And so on. And then you've got an opportunity to share the gospel with him. Another reason for unemployment and an invalid reason is when people overestimate their skills. They overestimate their skills. I knew a man many years ago. I was still a, a kid in primary school. This man was a tramp. He lived on the street. And I knew his daughter. His, his children were in the same school as I. And I knew his mother. They were in our church. But the father was a tramp. He was a man living on the street. A very educated man. Highly educated. But he would rather live on the street than do any job that doesn't pay much. I won't do any job that doesn't pay enough. I'm educated. Listen. You are not the kind of person that can say, oh, everyone will miss me. The whole world will miss me if I'm not there. When, if you resign your job, when you die, all the businesses, all the companies of the world will just continue as they are. They don't need you. So do not think too highly of yourself, Romans 12 verse 3 tells us. Don't think you can just command and say how things should be and just walk into a company and things must happen according to your pleasure. Don't think that clients are doing you a favor by coming to your shop and buying from you. It reminds me of uh, a lady working at a toll gate in the free state. We were on our way to a conference and Martin Holt, I was in the car with him, and the lady didn't have change. And when we came back, came back to the same toll gate, and the lady said, oh, we don't have change. And he said, why do you not have change? You are here to serve the public. And she said, no, we are here to serve each other. Well, with that attitude, if you have that attitude in your job, then people are not going to seek your business. You won't be sought after. They're not coming back to your business to do business with you. And in the end, you will close your doors. Or you will become so frustrated because don't, things don't happen according to your wishes that you'll resign. Or your boss is just going to ask you to leave because you've got a bad attitude. And then, then you're unemployed. And what is so sad is many of the people who think this way, it doesn't bother them at all. They're so confident, they're so overconfident, they think that businesses are going to just stand in a long queue waiting for them, saying, oh, we want to knock on your door, please, we need you, the world needs you, we can't do without you. And unfortunately, that's not how things work in the real world. That's in a fantasy world. And it's such a pity that these people don't see it. The people who think so much about their own skills and who overestimate their own skills, they don't see it. They think, oh, I'm unemployed because of BEE. I'm unemployed because of the economy. But really the truth is they're unemployed because they overestimate their own importance and their own skills. And the result is, in the end, because they think so highly of themselves, they're not willing to work at any place that pays less than they think they're worth. They think, oh no, this, this job, that's beneath me. I, I won't sink so low. They just want uh, some position at work where they, they're almost the employer, not the employee. They're in charge. They're the manager. They don't have the attitude of, of the Israelites in Nehemiah chapter 3. In Nehemiah 3, you see people rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Who helps? The Levites help. The priests help. Goldsmiths help. Perfumers help, <clears throat> nobles help, even the governor, Nehemiah, helps. But these people, well, they don't think that way. 
<coughs> they've got this high standard of living they wish to maintain. And the irony is that they, they'll now remain without work and they'll have to downscale their lives because they have no income. Also, what is really sad is they don't want to work for a lower salary, but other people or someone else should work for that lower salary and that someone else should give it to them. So they're not willing to work for 7500 a month, but someone else must give them the 7500 Someone else who worked hard. They like, they like hyenas. So the cheetah caught the impala or the cheetah caught the gazelle and then the hyenas just come and steal all the hard work that the cheetahs did. And that's how these people are. Why not, why not rather take a low-paying job and you can work yourself up? And it's so sorry that many people don't do that and they just cling to their own egos and they remain unemployed. Another invalid reason for unemployment is sin. So there are many sins in the workplace, things that can cost you your job and can even give you a criminal record and might even make that no, no one wants to employ you because you've got this bad record and bad CV. Uh, things like fist fighting at work, things like swearing at people at work, losing your temper, stealing, committing fraud, lying, uh, sexual harassment, just refusing to submit to authority, and so on, many other sins. But I, I, I want to focus on a single sin, and I'm going to have a whole sermon on this next week, God willing. A single sin at work, and that is laziness. Some people are unemployed because they do not want to work. They don't want to work. They would much rather lie on the sofa, watching TV all day, and especially if someone just brings in the food all the time. Like a man I knew, I was a child and he was probably in his early 40s and he was unemployed, lying on the couch all day, going to play tennis, uh, just playing on the stock market and cooking meals and just enjoying his time at home. His mother worked and he is this 40-year-old man and mama has to take care of him. So, some, some people who are lazy, they do have jobs, but they lose their jobs quickly because they want as much money as possible for as little work as possible. And they just cost the company money and they frustrate their boss and in the end he just fires them because he can't stand it. A lazy person is like smoke in your eyes and vinegar to the teeth. We read in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 9. We also read of similar kind of people. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. So you're so slack in your work, you might as well just not work at all or even break down the company. It's like a guy who worked in my garden about two years ago. And he worked for a short while and he, he did such a bad job that I just wanted to pay him and say, please go home. It's terrible. And unfortunately, even the shock of being fired won't wake these people out, up out of the sleep of their laziness. They just, they just continue to be lazy. 
You see it even when they're unemployed. Other people, someone else must type my CV. Someone else must, must send out my CVs for me. I'm too lazy to do it myself. It reminds me of the, the lazy person in Proverbs 19 verse 24 and 26 verse 15. He's so lazy, he puts his spoon into the dish and he's too lazy to even bring it back to his mouth. Someone else must do it for him. Someone else must put the food in his mouth. He's so lazy. And unfortunately, many governments, they kind of, it's like they, they stir these things and they, they cause it to become worse because they're giving social grants and government grants left, government grants left, left and right, even to people who are able to work. And in the end, you create a culture in such a country, a country where socialism reigns and rules and where communism eventually rules. You, you create a culture where people lie sleeping on someone's lawn, sleeping on the pavement in the middle of the day where people stand at the robot begging for money because they would rather beg than work for a couple of thousand a month. Titus 1 verse 12 speaks of a whole culture that becomes lazy. And then if you keep on doing that after a couple of years, after a few decades, you've got a whole generation that would rather steal than work. And the church shouldn't help people like that. We shouldn't help people like that, especially not if they're members of the church and they're sponging on others. Shouldn't help them, uh, don't feel sorry for them, because they, they'll act as if they're the victim. They're not the victim, they brought it on themselves. 1 Peter 2 verse 20 and 4 verse 15 says that we shouldn't suffer at work because of sin, and we shouldn't suffer as thieves and murderers and evildoers and meddlers, meddling in other people's business. Don't give them money, don't give them food. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10, if someone is not willing to work, he shouldn't eat. What we should do with those people is we should warn them, and if they will not listen, then we should excommunicate them, remove them from the church. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, 11 and 12, and 14 and 15. Another invalid reason for unemployment is wealth. Wealth, believe it or not. So there are websites, I checked this, there are websites that actually teach you how you can make such a lot of money that you can retire at age of 40 and for the rest of your life you just go out golfing, touring, biking, holiday and so on. I had a friend at school and later on he said he wants to retire when he's 35 years old. He wants to be a millionaire by then. Now that's, that's patently unbiblical. It's not the scriptural teaching. The Bible never tells you you can sit back and play golf all day and just go on holiday because you've got money. Neither does it say you can do those things because you've hit the age of 60 or 65. God wants you to work. Even though you do retire from your, from your day job, your normal job, you can retire. That's fine, and that's what companies expect. You work to a certain age, but you have to continue working. That is God's uh, plan for us. That is what brings satisfaction and joy also uh, and fulfillment that we work, whether you work in the garden after retirement or you work on your car or you work in some outside room or you work on the house or you've got extra time and you can work in the Lord's service uh, even, even if you've become an invalid so you cannot work any longer you bound to your bed still you can do other kinds of work you can write letters to missionaries you can spend extra time in prayer I know of a pastor in the final two years of his life he had a stroke a very serious stroke and he couldn't work anymore um, he was, his, the left side of, his, side of his body was very badly affected. But he prayed. He prayed for the whole world, for every nation of the world, every day of his life. 
He used to do that over a longer period of time, but in the end he had all this time and he prayed. And then another invalid reason for unemployment is that you are not qualified. I don't quite know what the English term here would be. I've got my notes in Afrikaans here. Onbevoegdheid. Uh, you're not skilled. You're unskilled. So let's say here's a, a girl. Let's call her Sarah. So Sarah is looking for a job as an actress. And she's trying really hard. But everyone, they've seen her acting. And everyone tells her, you know, that's not your strong point. But she is smarter than everyone. She knows better than everyone. And she's wise in her own eyes. And the result, she's been without a job for more than two years. So I, I don't think I have to say much under this point. I can simply say, ask counsel from people who are wiser than you. And don't be wise in your own eyes. Go for the best training that you can, according to the means you have, the money you have, the time you have, and so on. And then learn from other people and look for a job in another line. Don't just be like someone hitting your head against a wall because you think this is the line. Perhaps that's not the line you have to go. Look for something else. Another invalid reason for unemployment is fear of failure. You know that Colonel Sanders, the guy who started KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, he failed 1,009 times before someone finally accepted his recipe and tried it, and he was successful. So don't lie in bed being afraid of failure. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm just lying in bed. I don't even want to look for a job. People are just going to slam the doors in my face. Don't do that. Proverbs 22 verse 13 speaks of a lazy man who lies in bed all day because, no, there's a lion outside, he's going to kill me, there's a lion in the streets. That's foolish. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So you pray, you keep on looking for a job, and you trust the Lord and ask the Lord to provide a job for you. If you keep on just looking at the clouds, the clouds and the wind, you'll never sow and you'll never reap. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. Another invalid reason is lack of fulfillment. Now, I love my job. I work hard. Some parts of my job are very difficult. Other parts are easier. I love my job. I can't, I can't believe that the, the church pays me to study the Bible. I don't know who of you get paid for doing your quiet time, but I get paid for spending time in prayer and the Word and counseling people and teaching the Word. It's amazing. Not all people love their jobs. Not everyone loves his job. Some people hate their jobs. And then they resign and they unemployed. Now that's not always wrong. It's not always wrong to say, I find no fulfillment. I'm going to look for something else. It's not wrong always. But I do want to say you cannot look for complete satisfaction in your job, in any job. You can't find ultimate fulfillment in your job because only Christ can give us ultimate fulfillment. Jesus himself said, do not labor for bread that perishes, for food that perishes. Why not rather seek the bread of life? We should do our jobs and should do it to honor God. But 1 Corinthians 7 verse 30 and 31 said, says that you shouldn't find that ultimate fulfillment. You should work or you should live in this world as if you are not in this world. As if this, do your business as if there is no business. What he means is don't focus on this world because it's going to end. Focus on the world to come. You can't. Say, I must find a job where I'll find ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. You'll never find that. 
You can only find it in Christ. All right, so those were the invalid reasons. And then much shorter than that are the valid reasons for unemployment. That's number two. So valid reasons for unemployment is any reason where you say, you know, I can't help that I'm unemployed. It wasn't any of my choosing, or perhaps I had to choose it against what I really want to do. I would have loved to keep on working, but I had no other choice. I had to resign. What are those reasons? Well, COVID-19, the coronavirus, people lose their jobs. They didn't choose to. What about war? When there's times of war or, or maybe natural disasters, earthquakes and, and floods and so on, and people lose their jobs, they didn't choose to. Or perhaps because the economy has gone down and people are just retrenching. retrenching. Companies are retrenching sorry, for the employers and you didn't, you didn't choose that. Or you've got power-hungry and money-hungry Employers, and because they want more money for themselves, they just lay off staff and say, well, we can't afford you anymore. I want my holiday in Mauritius, and I can't have it if I have you in my company, because I have to pay you. Or other people lose their jobs, they're unemployed because they've resigned, and why do they resign? Because the company demands of them to do things that are against God's word, to sin, to lie, to cheat, to steal. And they just say, I can't do it, and they resign. Or they resign their jobs because the company keeps them so busy, they have no time left for their families. They have no time left for, for being involved in a, a biblical church. No time left for the Lord. And so they resign. Or perhaps you lost your job because technology has replaced you. You no longer need it. Computers can do your work now. Or because of BEE. So yes, because of Racial discrimination. In the old days it was apartheid. BE is just, it's just the flip side. It's just uh, opposite apartheid. Or perhaps you've lost your job. You're unemployed because your contract ended. What can you do? You didn't choose that. Or the company closed its doors. Or maybe because of sickness. You can't continue working because of age. I really feel sorry for you. I have sympathy, sympathy with you, but I want to help you to think biblically on this, in this regard, in, in this matter. You don't need to feel guilty and feel I'm worth nothing because I can't take care of my family and because my wife earns more than I do. You do not feel, need to feel worthless and guilty before of that, because of that. That's like a woman who feels guilty because she was raped. That's not her fault. And neither is it your fault that you're unemployed. And then also remember, your identity does not lie in what job you do. Oh, what do you do for a living? And because you haven't got something you do, now you're unimportant. No, your identity does not lie in that. It doesn't even lie in the fact that you have a job. Perhaps you have no job. Your identity lies in Christ. Christ determines who you are and what you are. You've been chosen before the foundation of the world. He predestined you for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. He's forgiven your sins. He's redeemed you. <coughs> He's sealed you with the Holy Spirit. He's saved you from your sins. He's given you an inheritance in heaven. So you have all these things. That is your identity. So you do not need to become depressed because you do not have a job, a full-time job. And then I also want to encourage you on that point. Don't do things 
that'll just encourage you to become more depressed. For instance, don't stay in your bed till late in the morning just because you're unemployed. And you lie in front of the TV till 11 in the morning, 11 in the morning and you're still in your pajamas and you're playing games and you're reading book all day just because you're unemployed. Well, then you are going to become depressed. Get up in the morning, normal time, get dressed for work and you spend eight hours a day, five days a week looking for a job. And then also, if you have spare time, work hard in, in the house and around the house. The Bible never commands you, you must work for a salary. It does command you to work. Whether you get paid for that work or not, you must work. So do what your hand finds to do and do it with all your might. Again, that's from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. And then 11 verse 6 says, In the morning sow your seed, the evening withhold not your hand. You do not know what, which will prosper this or that, whether both alike will be good. So you go out looking for a job. Sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed. Just keep on until you find a job. And then also remember that God will keep His promises. I'm thinking of promises like, call, me, call on me in the day of trouble, I will help you, I will rescue you, and you will honor me. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who have been called according to His purpose. And God is, is using these things to make you more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Remember that God can do exceedingly or far, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Remember that even the Apostle Paul at times of need and times of abundance. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the same for you if you're a Christian. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can even face unemployment and face it with patience, waiting on God. My God will provide in all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Keep your life free from the love of money, for He has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So remember those promises, and don't think that God is now bound. Oh goodness, you're over a certain age. Oh goodness, you've got the wrong skin color. Oh goodness, you don't have papers. Oh goodness, you don't have sufficient experience. Oh my, you're a man and not a woman. Goodness, what are you going to do? God can't help you now. Don't let those things bind God. Well, I'm not telling you not to let it happen because you, you can't prevent God and you can't control God. But I'm saying don't in your own mind think, oh, now I won't find a job because these things are against me. What were the chances ever of Joseph becoming second in charge in Egypt? He had no chance. But because God decided... Therefore it happened. If you do your work skillfully, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, Do you see a man who is skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And then also try to cut your, your expenditure, your expenses. Try and cut your expenses and try and even sell things that you're not using. Go to your garage. Go to the back room. Look in your house. Are there things that you haven't used in ages? Sell them and make some money. Teach yourself to service your own car or to maintain your garden or do electric work or make clothes or whatever so that you can do this and you don't need to pay others to do it. So you're cutting your expenses. And then get rid of luxuries like DSTV. You don't need DSTV, especially if you're unemployed. You don't need uncapped Wi-Fi. Why not, why not look for a cheaper product in some things in some areas like coffee you don't need to drink coffee from a coffee machine you don't need to drink jacob's coffee yeah i'm not i'm not drinking greek coffee 
Well, you're not drinking red coffee. You don't have a choice. You're unemployed. Why not consider, consider homeschooling your kids? We, we homeschool our children, and I don't know what, what government schools charge. I know private schools are very expensive, but our kids cost us around probably 2,600 or I think this year was 1,800 for all three kids for a whole year of school. That's much cheaper than a normal school. So why not consider homeschooling your kids if, you're, if your wife is a, is a housewife? And then ask for more wisdom. Lord, give me more wisdom. Are there other ways I can save money and cut my expenses? And then even ask for wisdom. Lord, is there a whole new way of thinking that I haven't even considered? Like Martin Holt again. Sorry for using all the illustrations, but he had a big influence on my life. But Martin Holt again, an unemployed man in his church, he said, all right, let's pray for wisdom. You've looked for jobs, you haven't found a job. Let's pray for wisdom. What can you do? What is your skill? What, do you, what can you do? And the guy said, well, I can, I can ice, do icing for cakes. And Martin Holt said, all right, well... Let's pray about that and then start doing that. And he did. And his business became so successful he had to open two shops. And then a very last and final important point I just want to make here shortly. A tip. Be part of a biblical church, but be active in that church. An active member. If you on your own, you're going to sink. You need encouragement. You need to pray with other Christians. You need their prayers for you. You need to pray for them. You need to come under the word and grow as a Christian. And then the church can also help you financially during this time that you're unemployed. And, and perhaps even people of the church may have contacts to help and to see if they can help you find a job or just hook you up and connect you to someone. But that is not the most important part of that sermon. Why not? Because the most or the greatest problem in South Africa is not unemployment, even though Google thinks so. That's not the greatest problem. The greatest problem in this country and every other country on this, in this world is sin. You cannot deny it forever and say, that's not my problem. That is your problem. And you can't, you can't flee forever. Death is on your heels. Death is chasing you. And death is going to overtake you. Sooner or later, it's coming for you. You need a Savior. You need a Savior before you die. And the only one who can save you is Jesus because He's the only one <coughs> who took the punishment for sinners on a cross. So believe in Him. Trust in Him. Come to Him. Call upon Him. Close in on Him. Receive Christ as your Savior. And you will find eternal life and you'll find forgiveness of sins. If you ignore Christ, you will go to hell. Even if you have the best job in the world. Jesus said, what would it gain, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I'm not primarily praying for people to find jobs, even in our church, but primarily praying that you would save people in this 
vicinity, people who listen to the sermon, and people who never hear the sermon, but that you would save sinners. Call your sheep by name, they know your voice and they will follow you, Lord. And even for people who are unemployed, and perhaps this is your waking them up and shaking them up, to think about their lives, and to no longer rely on their crutches, but to find a rock bed, a foundation under them, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.